0: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the Earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see
1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, with you for a special Friday Christmas episode. I have to be honest with you. I'm actually really excited that my Friday show this year is going to fall on a holiday. I just think it's special. I understand that not as many people are going to listen, and that's fine. There's just something really special about the holiday. I want to take the time right now to wish every single person that's listening to this podcast. I don't care where you're listening, how you're listening. If you are listening to this podcast on behalf of behind the all of our podcasters and me specifically, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, happy holidays. And I really hope that you all have a great new year, even though I'm going to talk to you before then, but here we are this Friday and the Pittsburgh Steelers are, they look, they look awful. And we talked about that at length on Wednesday. If you missed my Wednesday show, go back and check it out. I talked about how the Steelers are proving every single hater and doubter right. And that drives me nuts. As someone that's always saying, don't listen to the doubters, don't listen to the haters. Oh my gosh, it's driving me insane having to listen to them say, told you so. I told you the Steelers weren't for real. It absolutely irks me. It makes my skin crawl. But that's not what we're talking about today. Today, we start to really focus in on the Indianapolis Colts. This game is huge, in my opinion. Here's my thinking. Let's l- listen up. Now, if the Steelers are to somehow, some way, be able to win this game, I don't care by the margin, you just win the game. If they can beat the Colts, here's what would happen. They lock up the AFC North. Done. Okay, we know that. Second thing that would happen is they would pretty much, I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that they would solidify the number three seed at the worst in the AFC playoff picture, okay? And the third thing, and maybe the most important in my opinion, is it would make that Week 17 game against the Cleveland Browns completely meaningless. Meaningless. And so when I say that, it's super important for me when I think about this team If they could make that week 17 game meaningless, oh my gosh, it would be such a blessing for a player like Ben Roethlisberger. They would just say, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I'm not even entertaining the fact of playing Ben Roethlisberger in week 17. If those things happen, i.e. the Steelers beat the Colts, I'm just giving him off. He's not going to practice. He's not going to throw. He's just going to rest. We need him to rest because we need him ready for the playoffs. And I would give other players rest as well, but mainly Roethlisberger, right? You can just see the fatigue in his arm. You can see that it's just not right. It's just not there. And I think rest is what he needs. He, You know, you think about the the fact that the, the bye week got changed and all this stuff. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers would benefit so much from that Week 17 game being meaningless. Nonetheless, they have a really tough task ahead of them with the Indianapolis Colts at Hines Field in Week 16. And that's where we kind of come into the headline and the title of this episode. With the Steelers' backs against the wall, I want to see how they respond. And you might be sitting there saying, Jeff— Come on, man. Their backs have been against the wall for the last three weeks. They played crappy against Baltimore uh, after the Thanksgiving Day debacle with COVID-19. They look crappy against Washington. They look crappy against Buffalo. And they look the worst of all on Monday Night Football against the Cincinnati Bengals. What are you talking about that their backs are just up against the wall? Yeah, I, I hear you. I understand you. I just don't agree with you. Because this is the first time, like, playing in Buffalo was tough. It was the very end of the three games in 12 days. They, they looked tired. You, you lose to the Bengals, though. It's a, different, it's a different vibe coming off the team. You lose to Buffalo, everyone's saying, look, Buffalo's good. Good football team. They're a playoff team. They just won the AFC East. They're legitimate. They're a legit contender in the AFC. You lose to the Bengals, and now all of a sudden, it's, that's a giant slap in your face it's a, you thought you were so good. Look at what just happened. And so in my opinion, now, now, not after the Ravens game, not after the Washington game, not after Buffalo, but now after the Bengals game is when the Steelers backs are literally up against the proverbial wall. How are they going to respond? That's what I want to see. Because guess what? These Indianapolis Colts are legit. We're going to talk about the numbers. We're going to break that down like we normally do. These, this is a good football team. And when I say that the the Colts are a good football team, and for the first time in a long time, the Steelers are underdogs at home. The Steelers are underdogs at home in a game where they're a a season where they were they're eleven and three. Think about that. I do want to take the time to say. You know, to talk about, and this is going to come to the response. It's going to all tie together. You talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the reports that came from Wednesday's Ben Roethlisberger media availability. He was, he openly said that the Steelers offense had a players only meeting and a lot of media members ran with it. And a lot of fans said, oh, this is unbelievable. I can't believe this is lousy, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And I kept on thinking to myself. I have no problem with this being this happening. I have no problem. When I used to coach, I didn't coach football. I coached lacrosse, a high school varsity coach in the state of Maryland. So it's, it was pretty legit in terms of the competitive nature of the, of the game. When my players would say, coach, we need to have a meeting and we would like you to not be there. I'd say, yeah, do it, please, please do it. Because sometimes your voice as a coach gets repetitive and it just doesn't stick The way that it used to so a players only meeting I was uh, okay fine and then Roethlisberger even kind of kept saying like I don't want anyone to think that this meeting was a, a panic move or that we were like desperate or hitting desperation mode and I'm sitting there thinking I'd be fine if he did say we had a meeting it was a come to Jesus meeting we were getting we were airing grievances it sounds like I'm describing Festivus at this point if you're a Seinfeld fan you know what I'm talking about I would have been fine if the Steelers offense met and said, let's get it all out in the open. Let's just, let's get it out so that we're all fine. If you've got a beef with Randy Feetner, if you've got a beef with Ben, if you have, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. I would have been fine with that too. I would have had a problem if the way that the Steelers offense has played the last, what, four weeks, and I would have had a serious problem If Ben Roethlisberger met with the media on Wednesday and said, we're good. Nah, we're good. We just got to play our game. We have to just keep doing what we're doing. I would have been livid if that happened because you can't, anyone with a television set and anyone with two eyes that function properly can see that things are not okay. It kind of reminds me of, and I wrote an article about this and I included this GIF on the, uh, on the on the article, it reminds me of the movie Animal House. Hopefully, the, if you're listening to this, you've seen the movie Animal House. And that cult classic movie, there's a Kevin Bacon, a young Kevin Bacon's in the movie, and he's a part of like the, the reserves. And he's standing there at the end of the movie. The parade is just going, obviously the fraternity just sabotaged the parade. And he's standing there as pandemonium is going on around him with his arms out saying, remain calm all is well all is well and just people are running it's chaos and he's there saying remain calm that's what it would have looked like to me if Ben Roethlisberger said yeah we're fine we're fine no they had a players only meeting good get it out in the open figure it out and sometimes you don't need coaches in there you just need the leaders. I'm talking Roethlisberger. I'm talking Pouncey. I'm talking Alejandro Villanueva. I'm talking DeCastro. I'm talking about the guys that have been there and have played in big games before stepping up saying, you all don't think you think this is tough. Wait till the playoffs come around. Wait till the games get ramped up even more. That's what I wanted to hear. So I was happy with the players only meeting. I was shocked that some fans and some media members were like, "Oh, I can't believe they're having a players only meeting. What else do you want them to do?" Would you rather them sit on their hands and do nothing? Look, I'm an action oriented guy. I hate when people just sit there and talk. I don't want to talk is cheap. Do something about it. Do something about it. And so the Steelers having a players only meeting, good. I applaud you. I applaud you, Ben Roethlisberger, for doing that. And every member of the offense, if they can get something out of that, if they can be better for it, then it's a job well done. But if not, oh, okay, it's it's something. You're trying something. Because here's the thing: the, the the whole crux of this offensive problem, and this is what I really want to see. I should have, do you come come to think of it, I possibly could have had this episode be. With the offense's back against the wall, well, how did they respond? Cause the defense has not been playing poorly. It's the offense. It's all about the offense. The one thing I can't get out of my head, and this is tough because there's no answer. There's no answer for any of this is I feel like the Steelers offense right now is a body laying there and it's, it's unconscious, and you know here I am as a I'm certified first aid CPR AED all this stuff, and okay, what do you do? You got Are you okay? Are you okay? No, so we need to check to make sure that the vitals are there. Well, there's a tiny little bit of a pulse, but it's not enough. So I'm waiting for that. They've they flatlined. They have flatlined. Like the pulse is so faint that it's it's gone. But you know that when the AED gets put on or the defibrillators boom, they get. When are they going to jumpstart themselves and when are they going to show signs of life again? That's what I'm waiting for. We're all waiting for it. We've been waiting the last four weeks for it. When's it going to happen? Is it going to happen? Is it dead? Or is the offense just going to lay there lifeless and dead? And here I am doing CPR is like, I, I can't do anything else. I'm done. Like, it, I, I can't do it. It's, it's dead. It can't be dead. I'm sorry. I just can't fathom in my brain that this is dead, that it's over. I just can't do it. They won 11 games. They were averaging 30 points per game. There is an offense here that can actually be productive, but what do they have to do to find it? That's the million dollar question. That is the million. I've tried answering it. Other people on our podcast network have tried to answer it. People that know that have forgotten more about football, someone like Kevin Smith, who is a high school coach, he's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. Even he's tried to figure it out. No one can fix this thing, but that doesn't mean it's not fixable. They have to figure something out. Because right now, they flatline. It's dumb. I mean, it's bad. It's really bad. So let's take a look at this upcoming game and see where those advantages might lie for the Steelers against the Colts in Week 16 at Heinz Field. So I'm looking at the offense first, comparing the offenses here. First and foremost, rushing yards per game. This is average per game. The Indianapolis Colts average 114 yards on the ground to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 88.9. That 88.9 is still second to last in the National Football League. Passing yards per game, pretty even. The Indianapolis Colts average 260.8, while the Steelers average 240.1 points per game. Again, pretty even. Indy's averaging 28.5 with Pittsburgh averaging 26.1. What about turnovers? The Steelers have turned the ball over 17 times to the Colts 12. And when it comes to sacks allowed, these are some two of maybe the best teams in the league in that regard. This Indianapolis Colts have given up 16 sacks to Pittsburgh's 12. All right. Pretty interesting stuff there. Now, Let's go to the defensive side of the football. In terms of rushing yards per game, surrendered as a defense, the Indianapolis Colts are only giving up 98.1 per game. The Steelers shockingly have gotten their average down to 104.6. If you remember after the first Ravens game, when they gave up over 250 yards on the ground, it's amazing that they've gotten their average back down close to 100, but they're down to 104.6. Passing yards per game. This is where the This is one of the few areas that there's a there's a pretty big difference. The Steelers average 193.3 yards per game through the air, whereas Indianapolis averages 236. It's a pretty big difference there when you look at the defenses. And then lastly, points per game. I shouldn't say lastly, there's more stats after this. Points per game, the Indianapolis Colts give up 22.9 per game. Pittsburgh gives up 18.9 per game. Turnovers. So this is the defense taking the ball away. Pittsburgh Steelers have taken it away 25 times. Indianapolis has taken it away 24 times. You do the differential numbers. Pittsburgh is a plus eight. Indianapolis is plus 12. They're tied for the best in the league. Pittsburgh used to be at plus 11 and plus 12 until these rashes of turnovers have come, and they haven't been taking the ball away. Sacks for the defense? Well, there's no one better in the NFL than the Pittsburgh Steelers. 47 games in a row with a sack. I'm sorry, not 47 games. They have 47 sacks on the season. They're at 71 games in a row with a sack in the regular season. So Pittsburgh's 47 sacks to date compared to Indianapolis's 33 sacks to date. So when you look at these numbers, where is the advantage? You look at the offenses, they're pretty even. I mean, everything from points per game, rushing yards per game. I mean, Indy does have the advantage in running the football. But even passing, they're pretty even even sacks surrendered turnovers pretty darn even you look at the defense there's one area where the Steelers have an advantage and that is through the air that's secondary this scares me in a lot of ways (laughs) if you're looking at these numbers or listening to these numbers the way that I am right now that number scares you because that tells you that it might be a game where the Steelers say if we're going to win it we're going to throw it and right now the way that things have been trending that's not good. So I'm not saying the Steelers can't throw it to win it. But right now, you got to be understanding that a lot of fans, myself included, are skeptical. They are very skeptical. But this is about as evenly matched a game as I can remember. And a lot of fans, and if you look at trends, who's trending well, who's not trending well, the Steelers are not trending in the right direction. But at the same time, when it comes to the numbers... Goodness, this is a very, very even matchup. So, who's going to win the game? That's a question everyone wants to know. Who's going to win this football game? Well, when we come up after this break, I'm going to give you my picks. I'm going to focus more on this Steelers indie prediction. I'm going to give you a. I, I'm really excited about this heart to heart with Kevin Green. And I'm going to finish up with some power rankings about the holidays. So, stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of this Let's Ride Christmas episode. Oh my gosh, it's the holidays. I'm happy for the holidays. I'm so excited that they're here. I'm sure you are too. And you know, we're getting ready on Friday. Even if it's a holiday, it doesn't matter. There are no off days for us at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And I'm going to give you my picks. It's what we do every single Friday, and it's crazy. But here it is, Christmas Day, 4.30. There's actually a game. There was no Thursday Night Football this week. We start off on Friday, but let's get that tape first. Hold on. Let me find that tape. All right. Yep. Dang, that thing gets stuck all the time. All right. Here we go. Christmas Day. Minnesota Vikings at the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints are giving seven points. Drew Brees is back. Last week, I didn't think he was going to be back, but he was. He got all the first team reps against the Chiefs. He's back. They lost that game. I think they get I think they get some mojo back this week. They're at home against the Vikings. I'm gonna say take the Saints giving seven. Over-under set at 50 and a half. Take the over. Next, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Detroit not only got rid of their coach, they just got rid of their coordinators. That team is just a mess. I'm gonna say take the Tampa Bay Bucks giving nine and a half. They still have a lot to play for. Detroit does not. Take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, giving nine and a half. Over-under set it 54, take the over. Could be a high-scoring affair. The San Francisco 49ers go to the Arizona Cardinals. I say that. They're not going anywhere. They've been playing their games in Arizona because California told them they can't play football in their state. So they're not really going anywhere, so there's not much of a home field advantage. Arizona is giving five. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play again this season. He might not play for the 49ers ever again. I don't know. I think Arizona wins this game. Take the Cardinals, giving five. The over-under set at 49, take the over. The Miami Dolphins, they're still having a lot to play for. And the Las Vegas Raiders, believe it or not, are still clinging on to these crazy scenarios where they could possibly make the playoffs. Miami's giving three on the road in Nevada, Las Vegas. I think the Dolphins are going to prove a lot of people wrong. A lot of people think that it's going to be the Dolphins that fall apart. I don't think they do. I like their defense. Take Miami giving three. The over under set at 47.5. I'll take the under in that one. The Baltimore Ravens, they're still hoping to make the playoffs. They might be an 11 win team that doesn't make the postseason, but that's just the way it is sometimes. They are hosting the New York Giants on Sunday, 1 o'clock. The Baltimore Ravens are giving 10.5 that's a big spread but they're a team that's red hot right now this is the team and this has been the Steelers in the past there have been teams that you're like man if they get in you don't want to face them it, that might be the Ravens this year but they got to get in first so the Baltimore Ravens they're giving 10 and a half points I'll say take the Ravens over the Giants I don't know if Daniel Jones is going to play the over under set at 44 and a half I am going to say take the under believe it or not I don't think the Giants are going to score many points so take that for what it's worth. Take the under. Next, the Chicago Bears go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Chicago Bears are still, I guess, in the, in the playoff hunt. The Jacksonville Jaguars are hoping to get the top seed, the top pick in the NFL draft in 2021. I like the Bears giving 7.5. The over-under set at 47 take the under because I don't think either of these teams are going to score a lot of points. Still at Sunday at 1, the Atlanta Falcons go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. The Chiefs are giving 10.5. This is a game I was really, really tempted to take the Falcons. Not that I think they're going to win, but I think they're going to keep it within 10.5. But when it came down to it, I just don't trust the Falcons. I like the Chiefs. They're obviously a really good team. but the top team in the league. I say take Kansas City, giving 10.5. The over-under set at 54. This could be a high-scoring game because Atlanta can score some points take the over. Next, we have the uh, Cleveland Browns. 1 o'clock game. We'll get to that Colts and Steelers game. Don't worry. The Cleveland Browns go to the New York Jets. The New York Jets win their first game against the Rams. A lot of people criticize the players to the Jets for winning. Look, the players have nothing to do with the draft. So they're playing to win every single game. Could they win this game? Sure. Will they win this game? I don't think so. The Cleveland Browns are giving 9.5. The over under said a 47.5. I say take the Browns giving 9.5 and take the over of 47.5. I think this could be a high-scoring game. Sunday at 1 o'clock, the Cincinnati Bengals who are coming off their third win, the big win against the Steelers on Monday Night Football. They're going to Houston. They're playing the Texans, and the Texans are giving the Bengals 8. I think this is a letdown game. I don't think the Bengals score many points. I'll take the Texans with the 8, giving 8, and I'll take the under of 46. The Denver Broncos, this is a little AFC West game. The Denver Broncos go to the Los Angeles Chargers. The Broncos... They just don't look like a good football team. The Los Angeles Chargers—they're—they're they're, they're up and down. I'm going to take the Chargers at home, giving three. The over/under set at 48 and a half. Take the over. Now we're at Sunday at 4:05. The Carolina Panthers go to the Washington football team. The Carolina Panthers are getting two and a half. I like the Panthers getting two and a half. I'm not sure what the quarterback situation is going to look like for Washington, but I'll take the Panthers. The over/under set at 44.5. and a half take the under. The Philadelphia Eagles go to the Dallas Cowboys in a big NFC East matchup. The Philadelphia Eagles are giving two and a half on the road. I like Jalen Hurts the way this offense is trending. Take the Eagles giving two and a half. The over-under set at 49 and a half. Take the over. Still the 425 slate. The Seattle Seahawks host the Los Angeles Rams. The Seahawks are giving one and a half. The over-under set at 47 and a half. Seattle has been an up-and-down team after they started 5-0. I just don't trust the Rams. They're coming off of that loss against the Jets. I say take Seattle, getting one and a half. The over-under is set at 47 and a half. Take the over. Sunday night football. The Tennessee Titans go to Green Bay. That's going to be a good football game Tennessee at Green Bay. The Tennessee Titans are getting three. The over-under is set at 56. I say take the Titans. I don't know if they're going to win it outright, but I think it's going to be close. Take the Titans getting three on the road. And they, I, I, don't, I think if I win this game outright. Maybe put it on the money line. Tennessee getting three over. Take the over of fifty-six points. And lastly, on Monday Night Football, the Buffalo Bills go to the New England Patriots. This has got to be bittersweet for New England. They've been eliminated for the playoffs for the first time in over a decade. Buffalo has already locked up the AFC East. You think that New England's going to play with some heart? But Buffalo's giving seven on the road. I say take the Bills to cover. They're not sure what the Patriots' quarterbacks are going to be. Maybe Stidham's going to start and take Cam Newton. They might just start canning it. I know that uh, Gilmore has been put on injured reserve. Take the Bills, giving seven. The over/under set at forty-six. Take the over. All right, let's get to the game that everyone cares about the most: this Indianapolis Colts-Pittsburgh Steelers matchup at Heinz Field, one o'clock. The Pittsburgh Steelers are actually getting one and a half. I talked about that at the beginning of the show. The over/under is set at forty-five. I know people are going to call me nuts. And that's fine. I am not. I, I'm used to it. I'm very used to it, to be honest with you. I think that this Pittsburgh Steelers team, the whole crux of the first part of this show was, how are they going to respond? How are they going to respond? I think that they respond appropriately. But I think that the Steelers are also going to need some help from their defense. I think the Steelers win this game by a score of 24-23. to 23. That's right, a one-point game. I think it's going to take... The defense is going to have to score, or they're at least going to have to set up the offense with a really short field. I'm not saying that defensive score or that defensive play is going to be at the end of the game, but that's going to have to happen. The Steelers' offense is going to need help in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it's a fumble recovery, scoop and score. Maybe it's a pick six. I don't know. But I think the Steelers wake up enough and they actually find a way to win this game. I have the Steelers winning 24 to 23 and maybe might be one of the better games of the season in the NFL 24 23 Pittsburgh finds a way to win it makes that week 17 game mean absolutely nothing and the Steelers might have some momentum going into the postseason so there you have it there are my picks holy cow I hope those turn out I really hope that last one turns out I think we can all agree on that all right my heart to heart segment this week heart to heart this is going to be a tough one for me because it's about Kevin Green. And this is something that happened on Monday. And I felt horrible about the fact that it happened right before the Steelers played on Monday Night Football. And a lot of people didn't pay much mind to, to Kevin Green's passing. Yeah, it, it rocked the Steelers fan base. But it, it didn't last long because the Steelers played on Monday night and they lost and everyone was talking about that. I felt that it was appropriate for me to talk about Kevin Green. Kevin Green... He only played three seasons with the Steelers, okay, and so he played from 1993 to 1995. And in '94, he had 14 sacks in a season, just incredible. This guy was so much of my young adolescence, adulthood, childhood, whatever you want to call it. And gosh, I remember the long flowing blonde hair out of the helmet, the nine, number 91. And I talked to—I wrote an article about this on behindthesteelcurtain.com. You can go check it out. It was basically about how Kevin Green wasn't just a player. He was superhuman. And I just remember a quiver and quake. He and Greg Lloyd coming off the edge. And Kevin Green would get home and he'd stand up and he'd do this fist pump and he'd put his ear up to his helmet like Hulk Hogan. And maybe that's what it was. Because growing up, I was a huge Hulk Hogan fan. I mean, I was everything Hulk Hogan. I said, say your prayers. Yeah, that's what Hulk Hogan say your prayers, take your vitamins, exercise. That was me as a young kid. And so maybe I saw some Hulk Hogan and Kevin Green, but I loved Kevin Green. I just thought that he was the epitome of what Steeler fans love in a player. He was a hard worker. He celebrated other people's success almost as much as he did his own. When Greg Lloyd would get home, he would be so pumped up and he'd jack, he'd get all jacked up. I loved it. I loved it. It was to the point where when I was playing backyard football with people in the neighborhood, you know, you'd always say, hey, we do we doing five Mississippi rush. And they'd say, yeah, okay. And by the way, when you're a kid, those Mississippis are not one Mississippi. It was one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, and then you're just gone. You're, you're waiting to three and you're right. And if you ever got home and you got the sack on that quarterback and the, you stood up and you did the Kevin green fist pump and you put your hand to your ear. He was such a part of my youth, you know? And, and that's why I've told the guys on our Slack channel. When I wrote this article, I found all these cool YouTube clips and, and stuff of Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd being interviewed. And I put them into the article in, in specific places. And when I was done, I told my wife, and I do this on occasion, I'll say, hey, listen to this article, tell me what you think. And I'm getting through the article, and I was kind of getting choked up a little bit. And it wasn't because, I mean, Kevin Green only played three seasons, and it wasn't so much about the death of Kevin Graham. He was young. He was 58 years old. But it was the fact that he represented so much of my youth. He was on that team, that 1994 team that made me fall in love with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I like the Steelers and I'd watch the games with my dad, but that was the team, 1994, that as a young boy, I was just enamored with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was because of Kevin Green. I mean, he was the epitome of what it was to be a Steelers defender. And that defense was so good with Levon Kirkland and Chad Brown and Carnell Lake and Darren Perry and Rod Woodson. And I mean, you could just go down the list. They were so good. So good. I I feel horrible for the Green family. I have not heard what the cause of death was. And I had a lot of people text me and reach out saying, does anyone do you hear anything? No, and I don't I, I kind of don't want to know. And we'll find out eventually, but my fear is that it's CTE related or something like that. It's just it's it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, Kevin Green and that team, like I said, you know, this would be similar to people that grew up in the seventies and, you know, having to go through the, the loss of Elsie Greenwood and, and Dwight White and all those great Steelers from the seventies that have passed away. Uh, it's part of your, it's part of your childhood. And that's what Kevin Green was for me. He was a part of my childhood and to see him gone. And the fact that he was only with the team for three years and he chose to go into the Hall of Fame as a member of the Steelers. And the Steelers in October of 2016, after he had been inducted, and he wanted to get his ring in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, they brought in Sticks to play Renegade live at halftime. This is think about what we're saying here, folks. He played for three seasons. He played eight years with the Rams. They drafted him. He goes to Pittsburgh for three. He goes to Carolina for one, 49ers for one, and then back to Carolina, I think for three or maybe two or three to finish out his career. And he was, he's a legend with the Steelers and their fans. Can you think of any journeyman player that has been even close to legendary status after just three years? I know the answer. No, I can't think of anyone. Kevin Green was special. He wasn't just special as a player, 160 sacks, number three, all time. He's a hall of fame player. He's in the hall of honor for the Steelers. He was a special human being and I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him because he represented a lot of my childhood. Just like I know for those of you that are old enough, if you're my age, I'm 37, I'll be 38 in 2021 in February. If you're my age, it was a big part of your life growing up. So I, 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 I pray for Kevin Green's family that they find solace in knowing that he's in a better place right now. And as Bill Cowher said, heaven's defense just got a lot better. I thought it was a beautiful way to put it by the coach that brought him to Pittsburgh, Bill Cowher. So to to change gears and to kind of, I don't want to end on such a somber note on a holiday. I was like, let's do something holiday related, but let's mix it with football no, I'm not going to be talking about football. Let's do power rankings. Everyone loves power rankings, right? So the power rankings, I'm going to rate the top five, my top five power rankings of all time Christmas movies. Okay. Now I'm trying to think about movies that are really based on Christmas. So I love Die Hard. Okay. And I know that I would consider it a Christmas movie, but it's not based on Christmas. This is an action movie that just happens to be a Christmas time. Same with Lethal Weapons. Okay, so let's throw those out the window right now, just so we're clear. And this, these are my rankings. If you have a problem with them, make your own and hit me up on Twitter at Hartman underscore pit. Hit me up on Twitter with your power rankings, and I'll retweet them, guaranteed. Okay, so these are my rankings. So they're my rankings. So we're gonna start at five. We're gonna work to number one. Number five, I'm gonna pull a Dave Schofield. It's a tie. It's Home Alone one and two. Again, just like Kevin Green was a part of my childhood, these movies were it for me as a kid. I loved Home Alone. Macaulay Culkin's not that much older than me. Um, I used to have a Talk Boy, which is prominent in the Home Alone 2 movie. It's the thing he records everything on. I had one of those as a kid. It was awesome. Home Alone's one and two. Don't ask me to rank them. I don't know. It's 5A and 5B. There you go. Number four on my power rankings. It's a Wonderful Life. It's something that I watch with my daughters every year. My son will pop in every now and then. He doesn't really care. But my daughters and I watch this movie every year. My wife doesn't care for it too much. She's not a Jimmy Stewart fan. She thinks it's a little bit long. I love it. Number four. Number three on my power rankings is Elf. Will Ferrell is a favorite of mine, but there's something about this movie that is magical. My kids love it. It's hysterical. Everything, oh, so good. So, so good. Elf is number three. Number two, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. By far a movie that I have to watch every single year, no matter what, because there's a lot of Clark Griswold in me, just like there's probably a lot of Clark Griswold in everyone out there that's listening. You want to have everything be perfect, and sometimes it just blows up in your face. So that's number two. And number one, the number one Christmas movie on Jeff Hartman's list a lot of people will disagree, but I don't care. It's a Christmas story. And if you listen to my Christmas memories podcast, which I did two weeks ago, almost or last Wednesday, that was a movie I watched literally every week leading up to Christmas. I love it. I can identify with Ralphie in a lot of ways. Um, It's just, it's a very special movie for me. And so again, you might have different rankings. I'd love to see them. Go to Twitter, find me at Jay Hartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T and send me. Send me those, send me your, uh, power rankings and I'll retweet them. Your Christmas power rankings, your top five. I'd be anxious to see those. Look folks, in the meantime, I hope you have a great holiday. If you don't celebrate Christmas, I just hope that you enjoy this part of this, the year. Um, as we approach the new year, it's a magical time for a lot of people. I know it's been a rough year for a lot of people. I hope that us, myself included at behind the steel curtain have, have brought you a little bit of a, a mental vacation from this this year. Not just the football season, but from the year itself. 2020 has been tough on a lot of people. And so I hope that we did our job where we say, you know what? I can tune into Jeff every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and for 30 minutes, my mind is elsewhere. And if we did that, mission accomplished. From the bottom of my heart, everyone, Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great day filled with family and friends. And I just hope that if there's one day that can be semi-normal, it's this one. Okay, I will be back on Sunday after the game at 1 o'clock. I hope you'll join me on the post-game show. And if not, check me out on next Monday for my Let's Ride podcast. I'm excited for that one. So look, folks, as we always finish it out here, stay safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. Let's go. Here we go.